Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sheila Shoiga and welcome to Ready To Be Real Conversations, the podcast series where I chat to people of all walks of life. Some names you'll recognise, others you might not, but my hope is that these conversations will at times inspire, challenge, educate, comfort or simply entertain you. My first guest is one of the most loved TV presenters in the country and someone I'm proud to call a pal. Her down-to-earth and self-deprecating manner endear her to her many fans. Before her life as a TV presenter, she was a cabin crew member and she also worked in radio sales and TV production. But my fear is that when they get older, they're going to find the Podge and Rodge tapes. I'm dressed in latex asking like Daniel O'Donnell's sister to test out vibrators. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I'm like, what do I do there? She can be heard on Radio Nova in the mornings with Cullum Hayes. The latest series of The Brilliant Living with Lucy has just wrapped up and she's just launched her first ever children's book, The Friendship Fairies. And while her successful career is, of course, important to her, for her, family is everything. She's married to Richard and they have three children. Jack, who's nine, seven-year-old Holly and Jess, who's two. We sat down and had a chat in the summertime and she spoke about her passion for ironing, pre-show nerves and her belief in heaven. It's the one and only Lucy Kennedy. Luce, I'm so delighted that you, when I asked you to be part of the podcast. Such a freak (laughs) that you thought that I might even say no. You're such a weirdo. You're my friend in real life and I love you. And this is an, it is a pleasure and it is an honour because I've always said no to podcasts until today. How are you? Have you slept in recent times? Oh no, all good. Cahal is now nearly two. So we are in a good routine. Yeah. So let, let's talk. How are you? How are you doing it all? So you're doing the radio. Okay, I'm really three tired. Kids. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So the truth is, and I, I really cannot stick these women who are like two stone and making everything just look so great, and they have time for the gym, or they're running with their buggies. Plus the last thing, yeah. What is that about? <laughs> I am so tired. I'm generally in my pajamas at six p.m., taking off my makeup, whacking on pseudo cream, looking forward to Fair City and a glass of wine. That's how sad I really am. That's no, the I, truth. That's some the things truth never change. Yeah. Is, is, is that it? You never, ever miss an episode of Fair City? No, I love Fair City. It's my guilty pleasure. I know I'm with Virgin Media, but tough. I've said to them, if you if you want to hire me, you hire me with my love of Fair City. <laughs> but I, I get so excited. This is how sad I am. Like the girl that used to lean up against the stick it in bar on, on Podge and Rod. She's She's dead. What? She's dead. Oh, no, she's dead. No. She was cool. She used to like go out partying three days in a row. She was like size eight. She used to wear leather. You're still tiny. No, I'm not. I'm wearing massive, and I mean massive knickers. No, you're not. No, I she's am. She's lying, people. She's not. And then fast forward three babies later, you know, radio show and, and telly and bits and bobs and just being a mum. My life is so crazy. I kind of get up early and I go to bed early, but the, nothing excites me more than maybe say six pre-recorded first cities <laughs> ready to go and a pile of ironing. Oh, no. This is what we're dealing with. Oh, 
What? And you still want to be my friend. No one is more surprised <laughs> than me. <laughs> I, but I do know this. You are a bit of a clean prick. Mm. You love. like Oh, I love. We are I, absolute opposites of yes, the spectrum. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. Is this why we work? This sense? is why. This is exactly why we work. Okay. We're so different. There's nothing that excites me more than a pair of marigolds. I love it. Wow. But so I, I iron my knickers. Oh, what? Like that is how good I am at ironing. And I could it, fly through a is bike. It, is it worth it? Do they feel different? They feel different. They feel nice and warm and smooth. Do you but fold you, them then? Do you fold them when you're... Of course I fold them. But I remember <laughs> kind of, um, because my career, as you know, is behind the scenes. So I started off um, at sort of 23. My very first job was Eamon Dunphy's runner on The Weakest Link. I used to light his cigarettes and I even bought him a foot spa. <laughs> I remember driving. It was filmed in RTE for TV3. And I remember driving down to Argos and my car, this awful car that nearly conked out. And I was in the red... You know those oh, kind yeah. of days? Oh, yeah. I was a runner. I did it for free for ages and I just loved it. I had the bug. But then I was kind of always behind the scenes. and I loved production. I had no interest in being in front of the camera for years. So I was kind of working on the dull, off the dull, on the dull, off the dull. But I remember at one point being so broke and deciding between like a packet of silk at purple or dinner <laughs> that I thought I'm going to set up an ironing service. <laughs> And I was, I really thought about this, about asking my friend who had a brilliant job in a company car to make me like little leaflets and I was going to put it through the neighbour's doors. That's how good I am at ironing. So I almost went professional. But you didn't quite get the flyers printed up, did you? No, I didn't because then the phone rang, thank God, and I was offered a gig. Yeah. So it distracted me. And that was and the X-Files. few months, yeah. No, that was that was before presenting. So I this is so funny. You know the way my, my Irish, as in like my Gilga, is limited to like Tomegama and Madra. <laughs> Like that is my Irish. Yeah. I worked on an Irish show behind oh, yeah. the scenes. I was like a researcher on Tuanua. On Tuanua. Yeah, I remember that I had show. no idea what anyone was talking about for one year <clears throat> in Agtel. Literally, I had no idea. And I'd sit there in production meetings and I just got away with it. Wow. Yeah. You kind of have to be a bluffer though, I think. You do. In this business, don't you? Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. You have to be able to wing it because a lot of what we do is fly by the city, seat of your pants and and there are times and a lot of times where I'm not confident I have a shyness about me like you know they hate red carpets and all that kind of stuff that I just have to pretend I have to kind of put on a mask and it's like the clown and just pretend that I'm confident I love that you've spoken about this because this is something that I think anyone in an industry that requires you to be kind of outwardly in your persona will yeah. connect with and it's yeah. something that I have always felt and there have been many times and like you anyone who, who knows me and you know this yeah. I, I am not a real extrovert as a person I'm quite no. introverted and I, I know I, I feel exactly what you're talking about yeah, even though people sick. yeah people see you on TV and you've this amazing career and yeah. we love you and you know you go into people's homes you spend time with them and you have this personality that can just click with anybody yeah. yet you can sometimes feel a bit oh absolutely oh. yeah like my own husband thinks it's strange the way I would just move into a celebrity's house and just sit on their loo you know, and text him <laughs> I, 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 that to me has just become the norm because I've, yeah. I've been doing it for so long. Like, don't forget, I did it originally for RCE for 10 years. Sorry, 10 years ago for RCE. Yes. And then in the last three years for TV3. So I don't mind that bizarrely. I don't mind moving in, you know, using their loo, using their, their towels, using their kettle, living with celebrities. But And yet something so small as walking up a red carpet makes me feel so sick that I get pains in my tummy the night before. I'm just not comfortable standing there posing. I'm thinking, you know, how do I make my arms look thinner? Can you see my spanks? You know, have I weed? And I just don't know. What's my hair like? Do I have anything in my teeth? I'm just not relaxed. And and I, it just amazes me when I see them, these these girls strutting their stuff on the red carpet just with this confidence. But they're probably going through the same Well, inner you get dialogue. inside and then they just, they don't know how to have a conversation. Yeah. So it's a different confidence a different, for different yes. things. Yes. And that's it. I was thinking exactly the same thing when you were saying that your comfort zone is, and this is what this podcast is called, the Red Jets. Ready to be Real. So it's ready all about, let's Defo. just be completely real, get the jammies on. That's the a glass of name for you, by the way, for your podcast. That's the perfect. The, what, one word that I would use to describe you to anybody is real. Oh. No, you know that. You know that. Thanks, Definitely. Buddy. That's a really, really good name. But um, yeah, so but like yeah, but shyness is nice though, isn't it? I find shyness quite attractive. And, and I think when you see, even if it's someone yeah. who's a guest on the late, late, you know, you're on their side. If you see a bit of nerves, overconfidence is just not attractive. No. And overconfidence is usually born out of low self-esteem. I think when you are able to show a, a shyness yeah. or a vulnerability, yeah. you're actually showing that you're stronger because you're letting people see that side. Yes. And I think that's exactly what you get out of people that you spend time with when you live with them. Yeah. When they do allow you in. 
that's when you connect. That's when you connect with the person. It's not when they're trying to just, you know, leave the the facade up or or whatever the persona that they've developed through their careers. It's when they let the guard down. And when you get that out of them, that's when we as the viewer, I think, get go, to see boom. the real them. Okay. Yeah. I now get this person. But she, like, you know me in real life. Like, most of the time I'm in a trackie. So I truly believe now, having lived with about 45 celebrities. Has it been that many? Yeah, at least. Wow. I truly believe the reason why they relax is because they think, that's the presenter. Do you know what I mean? But no, like it's the, the state of her. I'm, <laughs> I'm fine. As in, she's got no makeup on. She's having breakfast with her shark cap on. Yeah, and well, look, that's the host. Yeah, no, I get so, what you're. I get what you're saying. I also get the fact that <laughs> since I met you, which is, I was trying to do the math, and apparently it was 13 years ago. No, we can't even go there. We can't. Yeah. Actually, I think we like a fine wine. I think we have improved with age. I definitely agree with that. Yeah, like you I know. Was, I Come was on, we're, we're right. Well, we are. Well, <laughs> oh, we are right. No, we know that. Yeah. So it was. It was. I was a guest on the Podgerod show. And instantly, and you have that thing where you go, you know, when you just it's, you click it's, with someone. it's a split second thing. Yes. And you have it in abundance, which is why, you know, you have the career you have. And people feel safe with you because you straight away what you do is something I've noticed. You instantly take the piss out of yourself. Yes. Which instantly relaxes those around you. Yes, I do. Because I, you're not doing it to be clever. You're doing it instinctively. But it instantly makes people feel, oh, OK. Yes. Cool. I can just be myself with this person. Yes, very much so. And I think I kind of do it for me as well because... Like I like people to be comfy with me. I don't want them to think I'm something that I'm not, or I'd hate anybody to be nervous or worried in my company. So I would kind of walk into a room and say, "I'm wearing no bra," you know. <laughs> Are you? Oh, I am wearing a bra. Okay, thank you. I don't need to wear a bra. Anymore she actually I had did to have a look. Breastfeed there. three times. Yeah, I did. A, I did. She have wasn't to sure. But I do. Yes, I kind of disarm. I try to disarm people to relax them. But I think that works because I hate when you're sitting there with someone and. You're thinking, oh God, you know, you're just so uncomfortable in your own skin. Whereas, and you know, Davina McCall has it and she is my, I love her. And, and I've always been called the, the poor man's Davina by Podge and Raj. But what I love about her is I feel like she's our friend. I feel like yeah, we, yeah. Could, we could drink with, with Davina. Yeah. And I hope that people feel that way about me because I like to drink. Will she do a living with one day? No, she won't. And I've asked her. So I've asked like the same people for about, I'd say 10 years. They just keep saying no. Gay burn. Oh, really? Say no. Tubbs, I probably know too much about him. <laughs> um, Davina, Pierce Morgan, Dermot O'Leary, Graham Norton. Like, there's like a hit list of people that I always ask, and it's just tradition for me now to get in touch, and it's getting embarrassing. Okay. <laughs> they say no, but Davina is, but I think Davina's quite private. Deep down, I think she's quite private. And like us, I think that she has her job and her telly persona, but she loves just being at home with her babies in her little cave. Yeah. Safe. Would you do a living with? Say if it was if, if it was someone like I don't you, know. yeah. If it was someone like me, if it was you, yes. Okay. But it would depend on the person, yeah. Who's who's who I kind of do it with? But you probably you know so much now. You know, I suppose you know in terms of what can be revealed. Yeah. So is there is there would there be a sense of like a little bit of fear, sprinkling of fear? No, because I trust no. you. And the truth is, I think that people trust me. Like a lot yeah. of the stuff that we film and live in Lucy, we would just never televise. You know, whether the celebrities got pissed or they've said something they shouldn't or it could potentially be legal or they look silly. And in in the hands of a lot of other people, they would be definitely. Yeah, you're not out to do a hatchet job. No, we're not. We're not. And I've actually stopped someone in the past and said, you know, don't say that. I'll ask you that again. Because I don't want, I don't, I don't. And I, and I think that's why people are so relaxed, you know, because yeah. we're not out there to get the scoop. But then the papers always kind of lift, you know, the bits that they want. And I hate that because it makes it look like something it's not. You know, it's not, it's not kind of a trashy magazine show. It's actually just getting to know the person behind, you know, like our friend Brendan Grace, God rest his soul, Absolutely. who died recently. But people got to kind of see the real Brendan Grace or they got to see... Um, Michael Healy Ray, you know, people oh. kind of, they weren't really sure how they felt about him. And then they saw him on Liv and Lucy and there he is with his little cap <laughs> and his wife. He's scared of his wife, like most men. And they just saw him like just being a normal boy. It's so funny and so charming. And is it, can I ask? I or, still don't know what it? he talks about. <laughs> like we, I had not a clue what that man said for three days. I love it. Really and truly. Yeah. I just got the end of it. Okay. Yeah. I go, oh, Michael, good to see you there. (laughs) You've been there for 15 minutes talking. Nice cap. Um, Are you you doing more with him? Yes. So basically, um, we are hoping to do a little series together, myself and Michael Healy Ray. He's going to be be like my my idiot abroad. He's going to be like my Carl. But um, (laughs) 
I don't know what we're going to do, but I just feel like it's just a very, it's like Marmite and cheese. It's very strange, <laughs> but they go very well together. I feel like, I feel like he's my very strange deck to my aunt. I don't know what it is. There's something about us that just works. It, no, it really works because I remember when you were at the Auris, was it? Yeah. What visit was that? Oh, that was, was Megan and Harry. And there was a clip that was about 10 or 15 seconds. Does it, is it on your Instagram yeah, page? Yeah, it could be, yeah. I think I must have watched that 50 times <laughs> and roared laughing each and every time. I was like, I cannot get it. Can't get I was enough. watching it and watching going, this is, and it was just, it was seconds long. Yes. But it instantly just warmed my heart, made me laugh. Yeah, that's exactly it. Is it because it, we're such an odd pairing? It's exactly that. Yeah, but like, yet, like the but yet girl and you can tell that you like each other. Oh, absolutely. I, ad- yeah. I adore him. Yeah. And, you know, th- that's actually one thing about living with Lucy that, you know, like I don't become friends with everybody. Sure. Obviously not Daniel, Daniela Westbrook. I couldn't stick her. She was a right pain in the ass. Yeah. But we'd all kind of sit there with Daniela. And initially I thought, you know, she was quite nice. But when, you know, it's kind of hard to explain, but you'll know this because you're a girl's girl. Some girls are just not girls' girls. As in, like, I have two sisters. So we none of us knew what to do with Jack, my son, when we saw Willie. <laughs> because I'm so used to, like, girls and bras and sure, periods yeah, and, yeah, you know, yeah. and being a sister. And, and some girls just aren't good with girls. And you can see immediately, um, girls that aren't good with other girls, just their body language changes. And I remember meeting Daniela and she just looked me up once again. I could, I could tell she wasn't a girl's girl. So I thought, oh, no. I'm on the back foot. And sure enough, then she was kind of with the crew who are all boys more than me. You know, whereas other girls like Sarah Harding, we were like mates. You know, yeah, we had the crack. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. I was kind of straightening her hair and stuff. There was a, there was a, an automatic bond with the girls. But with Daniela, I just, I really tried. And I would find like a heart in this carpet. But I just... I really struggled with her. I could see that she was very talented. You know, times, you know, she put on accents. She had a brilliant impression of me and I laughed. So she's a great actress, but so I obviously didn't stay in touch with her. But then there are the, you know, the Brenda Graces and the Michael Hire and obviously your sis. Yeah. Yes. Yes. That'll be, that'll be a bit of fun because I suppose it's different that'll as well. It's weird a, for you. It's on our, yeah, of course. Very weird for you. But don't worry, I looked after and I... I know I, you I did. don't see the edit until they're on the telly because what used to happen was I would sit in the edit and go, oh no, take out that bit. My, my arm looks really fat. Or, you know, no, take out that bit. I don't think I should have said that. And I got to the stage where I was just looking for f- flaws, for my own flaws. And, um, and then a dare production, so I did this with, just said, look, Luce, you know, this is the the whole idea of this program is just to, to let it breathe and it doesn't matter if your arm looks fat side of camera. You well, know, you well, just... number one, it it never would or could because it's it's a scientific impossibility. I don't think for so. you to be fat. But anyway, no, so. um, but it's good you, for me not to no, see. Can, them. can I just say for a second? So so physically, right? Physically, yes. you know what is beauty, and I think really beauty is so much more about what's what's shining out of a person, and it it shines out of you in abundance. You are a ride, right? Okay, fair enough. Aww. And you and you always you always go for this putting yourself down, Malarkey, which is nonsense because you're absolutely gorgeous. But more than that, you are you are gorgeous because you see the good in people and what you said there, I think is the essence of you. You will you will see the heart in everything and everyone. Yes. You'll always go for the I want to see the good in her. You don't yes, want always. to go to the negative. You don't no. want to go to the bad. No, and I'm not a bitchy person. Were you always like that? Yeah, I was always like that. Like, I just wasn't a mean girl. You know, I, I always found the good. I suppose, you know, I've always loved children. I've always loved animals. Anyone who's that way inclined is soft. I am a bit of a softie, probably. And I and I would stand up for anybody. I'll, I'll generally defend the underdog. And I, I, I always try and find the good in somebody, yeah. I think that's just the way I was born. Even when I was in air hostess, passengers throwing things at me. The French passengers were appalling. They were the worst passengers to deal with. And I wasn't a great air hostess. I actually used to smoke in the cockpit <laughs> those years ago. But um, the French passengers were so rude and so aggressive. And I'd still say, but by now you have a lovely day. I'd still find the good in them. I would. I'd find the good in a lot of people unless they were, say, a murderer. Do you know what I mean? Okay. But everyone else. But yeah. I, I, start, I can't stop thinking of you smoking in the cockpit. How... Look, How was, did you get away was, with it was that? Pre, it was pre-9-11. And um, <laughs> so we used to just open up the window. No, not mid-flight. <laughs> on the ground. But do you not remember I used to smoke? This is why I sound like a man. I'm convinced. No, I, I do. Of course I remember. Siggy, seven years, can you believe? Well done. Nice one. Do you ever... Do you ever <sighs> no, I don't. No. I don't. And I've gone the other way now. Where I'll kind of go... Oof. 
you know, do all this kind of blowing. Whew. But I have to be honest, I definitely drink more. Okay. <laughs> I definitely do. And I think that, look, anyone who's listening that used to, that, that's just given up smoking, you do because you're so used to having something else in your hand, then you just replace it with a Sambuca. You go wild <laughs> for about six months and then everything levels out and you're normal again. Have do you, you, know what I mean? do you, what I've noticed is that nights out are kind of a rarity. So, oh, big time. so when you go out... I mean, yeah. you're out, out. You're out, out, yeah. Yeah. This is the problem. But then, like, if I go out on a Friday night, say, and I get stuck in, I'm not okay till Wednesday. Oh, no. And that it's, is not a joke. Yes. I really cannot focus. I feel very emotional. I get the fear. I start worrying about my life, my career, everything, my nose, strange things. You're <laughs> and then on a Wednesday, I'm fine. Yeah. Is it worth it? Oh, God, yes. Okay. I think so. Yeah, no, it is. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's, it's most definitely worth it. Yeah. It's it's just not, it's worth it at the time, but then the aftermath, but then it's having smallies, you know, and it's sad slow. It's always the night when you're out, then you hear, mummy, at like four in the morning, you're thinking, oh God, I've been asleep for 15 minutes. What are the chances? Yeah. And then they sleep for another year. <laughs> so come here. But how, it's good to go out. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it is. It's good to blow it off steam and, you know. But I'll tell you where I'm done. not good. Now, go you're probably better at this than me. And I, and I notice that a lot of people, mind you, I don't believe Instagram. I really don't, unless there are people say like you and me, I know our stuff is legit. But these people are going on date nights with their partners the whole time. Like myself and Rich went for chicken wings the other night. We were gone for three hours and back home in our pajamas watching telly at like 10. And the time before that, when we'd actually been on a date night, could have been eight months ago. Like who has the time? Yeah. And also, I, I don't want to go out. I, I love him, but I'd rather sit beside him on the couch and watch telly. I'm just too tired. Yeah, well, I I'm know of anybody who gets to watch a lot of telly when the, when the, the kids are in bed. In our case, we only have the one little guy. Yes. Uh, I find that, you know, by the time you're kind of cleaning up and you're doing all that kind of stuff, you're you're, almost, you're practically... Because you're, you're, you're going to be up anyway yeah. early. Like, you know, he was awake six this morning. So you're kind of, you're up. We usually, we usually don't get him up till seven, but he was like, mommy. Yes. And then he <laughs> starts getting more manic. Mama. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like, like I'm okay, ready. wow. I think he's, I think I need to go into the room. So yes. yeah. So, um, and sure, the morning snuggles are magic, aren't they? But oh like, my, okay. So worth it. They're hot little heads. So worth it. We have the one little guy. We're so lucky. It's, it's tough at times, but it's so rewarding. Yeah, with like three and managing work. I mean, is it just something that you just just get on with it? Listen, can I just say, it is not easy. It is not easy. There are days where I could just lie on the ground and cry because I have three children of different ages. Jack's nine, uh, Holly's seven and Jess is two. Jack and Holly are in different schools. Jess is in a creche. So I have three school collections before mm. I even think about is there any loo paper in the loo? Do you know what I mean? Mm. The most basic thing. So... My day is quite organised. I am a Taurus, so I am naturally organised, but only, I think, because I, I, I've had to kind of become that way. So Radio Nova, I literally arrive in there on two wheels. Good morning to Renault Belgard, <laughs> proud ambassador. Um, I literally sk skid into the car park and um, at around, sometimes we pre-record six to half six. So I kind of skid in at around 6.29 and run upstairs. We have this nicely set up. Colm Hayes has the papers and the coffee and everything ready for me because he is my slave in real life. <laughs> Don't be fooled by the Colm and Lucy show. We all know the truth. <laughs> and then do the radio show till 10 and then 10 to half 10. And sometimes then we pre-record the, the six to half six. Then there's a general meeting, brainstorm. I'm usually in trouble for, you know, talking too much, talking too little, talking through the breaks or interrupting guests. And then we um, kind of have meetings and all that kind of jazz. And I leave at 12. Then I go home. I have to have a little sleep. That's when I do my little... I don't, I don't care what is going on. I have to have my little 30 minute on the couch. And do you and set bing. the timer or do you instinctively wake up? Oh, no, I set an alarm clock. If I fell asleep at 12, I'm on at wake up for three days. <laughs> so I actually set the alarm yeah. and I have a cheeky little snooze and then I go and collect Jess and then after from the crash and then I collect Holly from school and then we collect Jack and then we come home. And all I want is like, you know, a cup of tea. But then it's like, mummy. So I've got different homeworks at different stages. Mm. Now, I'm making it sound so like laborious and very hard. But it is. It <laughs> is really hard. And um, and then make them dinner. And then it's baths. And then it's the battle to get everybody into bed. And then Holly is me. She potters at nighttime. She could be emptying the dishwasher at 10 o'clock at night. She's just like me. She doesn't know when to go to bed. She always finds jobs. Yeah. Um, so but then, even though you're saying all this, you can feel it from you. You can see it in your eyes. Oh, I adore it. Yeah, of course. Sheila, if I wasn't 43, I'd have a fourth. Yeah. 
I would. I definitely yeah. would. And having Jess at 40 was just so amazing because there's something about being an older mum. You, you just, I don't know, you, it just clicks in so quickly. Yeah, well, I'm 40 now. So, I mean... You are, listen, you are, you are a little embryo, my friend. Oh, <laughs> so you. don't you. need to worry, you've got buckets of time. And you know what? You're right. And look, you know, we can get ourselves stressed about these yes. things. I'm a big believer. And I think you are too, that everything anyway happens for its it own does. reason. I truly believe now I'm not I am Catholic and I kind of pray generally to Our Lady when I need something but I'm not a religious person but I do truly believe that the path is set out you've just got to follow it so there's no point in sweating there's no point in panicking Well let's stay with this for a second because you know there is a lot of you know talk nowadays about people finding what works for them and I'm a big believer in whatever makes you feel good whatever makes you tick Yeah and as long as you're being a decent human yeah. I don't care whether you're atheist, whether you're a devout Catholic, yeah. whether you're, you know, whatever you're into. Okay. Yeah. So, so you said it there, you, you, you are. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part, for every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Catholic. I am Catholic. And so you believe... I believe in heaven, yeah, and I find that very comforting. Yeah. To think that, you know, that one day that we will all go to heaven. And so obviously all our children are christened. They're all going to, you know, make their communions. And But even as a parent, I find that quite comforting as well, talking because Holly's obsessed with death. She's seven. They get to that age, don't they? Where they, they get to that age. It's yes. A, it's a normal developmental thing, isn't it? Yes. So all Holly wants to do is cartwheel. Like she would cartwheel from the like kitchen table to the sink with her plate. She cartwheels <laughs> everywhere. Right. It's hilarious. This is yeah. what seven year old little girls do. They just cartwheel. She wants to cartwheel and talk about death. So she'd kind of say things like, Mummy, how long do you have? She's obsessed with death. And I'd always say, well, look, you know, Mummy lives, I'm going to live forever. But for, for me explaining to her and to Jack, and obviously not Jess, she's oblivious. She's like chewing the remote control. <laughs> but I kind of say, well, you know, but it doesn't matter because we're all going to be together again in heaven. So I kind of, like a lot of parents do, built up this kind of place. And I've told our children that it's like Lanzarote. Yeah. It's hot okay. in heaven and, you know. Um, but yeah, so so I, I, I do believe in oh, heaven. No, I do. Yeah, yeah, I do yeah. believe in heaven. Yeah. But I, I, I want to believe in heaven. I want to know that I'm... And I'm it's a comfort, isn't it? Yeah. Definite comfort. Yeah. Definite. Kids are, you know, I find, and, and Cahill's only two, that he's become already like the greatest little guru yeah. ever. Because yes. they kind of, on a daily basis, I feel like I'm learning from him. Genuinely, I feel like my own, my own stuff is, is kind of brought to the fore in, in terms of he pushes my buttons or, yes. uh, you know, he teaches me patience or whatever, or change of perspective. They highlight the good and bad and all Don't they? Completely. Yeah. They're also, I suppose, especially at Holly's age, seem to be really able to hold big emotions and big concepts like yeah. the idea of what happens when we die. When yes. are we going to die? Because I would imagine for a lot of parents, it can be a bit scary when they start bringing is, this stuff up. It is a bit scary. And, and also, it's kind of hard not to get emotional. I don't know, since becoming a mum, maybe you feel like this, but I am fearing death more and more because I, I now have something to, that I'm going to leave behind. As in, I worry that if, if, that if I die, that, you know, our children won't have a mum say. And I know that sounds quite morbid, but I think, I think mums do start being like that once they have kind of children and stuff. 
So this conversation comes up a lot. Death comes up a lot in our house because Holly is obsessed with death. And I find it very hard not to cry. So I kind of almost make a joke out of it. Mm. I kind of laugh the whole thing off and go, you know, well, mommy's going to be around forever. <laughs> you know, I'm trying not to kind of yeah, look at yeah. her as my eyes fill up. But another stage I'm at is, you know, the S-E-X word. Is that already something that's that's coming? Well, is, that, is that Jack now starting to question? Well, Jack is kind of nine and a half. He hasn't like mentioned like kind of what happens but you know I have to use words and it's quite funny because I'm naturally immature like when you think about my foundation is Podge and Rodge so that's (laughs) what we're dealing with but I have to use words like penis and vagina like as casually as can you pass me the salt please sure so that is quite funny and I haven't quite I've got my head around the um the religious side of things and death but I don't know what to do about the penis and the vagina chat okay do you know what I mean it's because what you do, like like Jack saw my self-rich kiss on the cheek the other day and he went, Mom, that's gross. That is, <laughs> that's actually gross. And I could tell that he was, and I thought, Jesus, wait till he finds out how he arrived here. Do you know what I mean? Like it's so traumatizing for a child. But like these conversations, I don't know, I don't know how I'm going to handle any of this without getting into hot sweat and then having to drink wine when no one looks. <laughs> if it's not inappropriate to ask, at the moment, what are we calling the penis and the vagina? Oh, a willy and a winky. Okay. But I still do that at 43. <laughs> I still say like w- winky and willy. So I'd, yeah, I'd still say, you know, you know, which is which? Jack. Oh, Willie is for the boy. So I say, Jack, no, no. Willie's going to drop off. Or, you know, I'd say to Holly, wipe your winky. But yeah. so, that was, so I've grown up with Willie and winky words, but you're supposed to like, so we get these notes back from the school, you know. And it's quite sad, actually, when you think about it. But like, say Holly, who's seven, and she came back the other day and it's, it was this thing about, you know, uh, my personal body and who can touch me and who can't touch me. And I just thought, oh, my God, isn't that awful that my baby has got to even think like this? But then again, I'm glad that she is because mm, I know we I have whole, to be safe. Yeah, I mean, it's consent. It's such a huge, it's huge, huge topic at the moment. Yes. And I suppose they're drumming home that we've got to get in there. We've got to communicate to our kids early. Yes. So such, that we're, yeah. And it is so a shame, young. but I suppose maybe it's weird for us because we didn't grow up with that. Yes. Maybe it won't be weird when Holly is our age. Yes, yeah. it's just the norm for her. To kind of discuss these things. But I would imagine as parents, see, I mean, I'm so far away from that yet that that, that must be a whole other It's area. weird, you'll get that. That'll yeah. come home from, from, from school in his little little bag and you'll be going, oh God, like, yeah, why okay. is my baby having to deal with this? Going back to what but you were saying yes, about... Penis and the vagina. Yeah, I, I'd, love to, I'd love to talk about that too, but I just want to go back <laughs> before I do. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, but in terms of those questions about death again. Yeah, yes. So when you're having that moment and you're feeling a bit teary and you need to turn away... Um, what do you do? Is, is is there a process? Do you have something that chills you out? Like, do you have methods? You know, do you pray? Do you meditate? Do you go for a walk? Do you listen to music? Do you have a now dance? What do you do to kind of snap yourself out of a Just certain mood? Well, like, are, 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 are in a situation like that where you're feeling like a little a bubble of emotion coming up oh, and you I'm need quite to good. just release it. I'm quite good. I think I think you kind of learn that from presenting, you know, when you're standing on the stage, live TV and you've got a really bad period pain. So I'm quite good at like just switching on and switching off. So when it comes to stuff like that, I'm good. I'll just kind of go, OK, that's it now, you know, we'll kind of move on and I'm good at kind of parking it. But then how I switch off naturally is I go to yoga. Mm. Once a week. And it's the only time I'm not allowed to talk. I tried to, but I got into trouble. Or I find that like going for a walk in the evenings as well, just on my own, is just so nice. And it's where I actually kind of take everything in. If I'm worried about anything, I kind of work it out. Because you know that we're selling our house. It's just gone sale agreed. Yeah, so that's huge. Selling a house, I think, has been more traumatic than my 18-hour labour with Holly. What? Really? It really is because all of our babies were born there. We're in the same house for 10 years. And just selling a house, well, first of all, you've got to put your knickers, brass socks, everything that you love into a bag in your boot. And they've been freshly ironed. So are in my boot. Yeah, freshly. Oh, no, they are fresh. (laughs) And there aren't. They are fresh. Um, And they're on little baby hangers. Little (laughs) knicker hangers (laughs) in the back of our car. Perfect. Not a wrinkle inside, people. We know I'm sad, but I don't (laughs) hang them. I pack them. Um, I vacuum pack them. But when you fold them, do they not wrinkle? No, no, but mine are pennies. Mine aren't oh. expensive, so you can just roll them. <laughs> well, technically, they're only a little bit of thread, aren't they? The, the 150, when you're a 50. Oh, they're the ones you wear. No, not today. Not today, <laughs> I can assure you. Today is in full Bridget mode. But yeah, it, it is very, very stressful. Yeah. And I found selling our house was extremely emotional and probably the most emotional thing I have experienced to date. Mm. 
because you it's just so frightening because we're kind of giving up what we know we're giving up what our children know to move to somewhere we're hoping is which is better that we haven't found yet okay so the house is sold but you haven't found house is sale agreed no we haven't okay so we're kind of currently on the search and I'm trying not to panic and just buy any old house you know so I think we might need to rent and that scares me as well that's a huge move as you said like you know years of really really happy memories and probably the most profound period in your own life yeah yeah absolutely like my water's broke on the carpet in our room like it's just full of memories did you tell that to the new owners this is where good morning guys the house is beautiful (laughs) we got it cleaned (laughs) Listen, water's breaking is the least of their worries. <laughs> oh. I've changed a lot of nappies around that house. <laughs> there could be some surprises in the attic. But yeah, I, I have found that very emotional. Yeah. So so basically, in the last kind of couple of months, I've settled into Radio Nova. I've obviously been looking after our three babies to my the best of my ability. I've been doing Ireland's Got Talent and Living With Lucy. selling and trying to move and writing a children's book wow yeah I know and this this is very exciting is this out in you're going to get a copy you better read it Carl uh, do you know what it's such a perfect fit for you as well yeah well I am with the fairies so it makes sense that I write about fairies yeah so tell us what it's called it's called the Friendship Fairies it's been in my head for about five years and basically on the first of January every year Mm. my list is always the same it's like write a children's book you know um, get Botox (laughs) lose weight Join a gym, stop swearing. It's always the same things. Always, always, always. And this January, I thought, because a couple of, maybe about a year ago, it was Pullback Press or Gill Books, someone in me approached me saying, do you want to write a book? And I laughed. I thought, I, like, I wouldn't even know where to begin. Yeah. And then I thought, oh my God, like my heart lies with children's books. Like, but mm-hmm. again, it's from becoming a mum and reading all these books. I thought, Jesus, I could write that. Definitely. But I suppose more fool me, I thought children's book, you know, four pages, lots of pictures. 8,000 words they wanted. Okay. So I produced 1,000. My cuticles were bleeding, <laughs> having written 1,000. And they went, okay, that's a nice taster. Where is the rest? <laughs> the rest? Can we not Can we not make the, the writing a little bit bigger? Maybe add some <laughs> more pictures? <laughs> so, um, so it's called The Friendship Fairies. And it's about three girls and little girls, sisters. So it's obviously based on myself, Anna and Gemma. But I've used the name of all the children in our family. Oh, lovely. So the three little girls are Emmy, Holly and Jess. Mm. And it's just kind of like their little adventures. But it's very basic things like, you know, just learning things like how to wash your hands properly and all that kind of stuff. So it's for the five to seven year old market. JK Rowling can breathe. <laughs> She's safe. This for now. Is for now. Do you know what's lovely? What a, what a gorgeous thing to be able to give your kids as well. Yeah, I thought that again. Being yeah. like a morbid Sam, I thought when I'm dead, I can leave something behind, not just my debt. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Sheila, do you know what else actually keeps me awake at night? Go on. So when Jack and Holly swear, if they ever do swear, now I swear in real life, as you know, I kind of t- tend to F and blind, but I'm very good around my children. Yeah. And like once I think I said, shit. Mm. And they were freaked out. Absolutely freaked out. Jack was saying, mommy, I'm actually disgusted with you. And I was go- I'm disgusted with myself. You know, trying not to laugh, thinking had uh, he, uh, he had only, you know, had he only heard what I was saying like an hour ago, <laughs> it, it was borderline revolting. But my fear is that when they get older, they're going to find the Podge and Raj tapes where I'm dressed in latex asking like Daniel O'Donnell's sister to test out vibrators. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? I'm like, what do I do there? It's three years. I'm pretty sure the, I'm pretty sure the episode I was on, you had, you had fake boobies on. Fake boobies, yes. Yeah, you did, yeah. So I was so innocent (laughs) then. I just did what Podge and Raj told me to do. But then I I think, oh my God, this is going, they are... Podge and Roger are going to haunt my, my future as well as my past <laughs> and my present. I'm never going to get away from Ballydung Manor, ever. Can you ever imagine doing it again? No. And you, do you know what? It was so weird when it came back because obviously I've been, you know, a, a big fan of theirs, of course. We kind of joined it together um, and we we auditioned. You know, they auditioned as puppets and me, a presenter, if you know what I mean. So mm. I only knew them as Podge and Roger. And then when I just, it was my decision to leave because I thought, do I want to be your one from Pod- Louise? How are you, Louise? Louise from Podge and Raj for the rest of my life. Or is it time for me to go out on my own? So that's why myself and Adair came up and lived with Lucy and I pitched it to Claire Diagnan, who was the boss of Archie at the time. And then I cried for about a month 
Because mm. I thought, oh no, I'm going to miss the boys. I wonder, will they miss me? It was really nice dosh. It was an easy enough gig. We kind of film on a Sunday and Monday. Remember you and Gronia were in doing your show at the time. Remember I'd yeah. see you guys in makeup? Yeah, yeah. And um, it, it was just kind of handy. And it was a huge success. At one point, Podge and Roger, like the figures, they were getting half a million. Yeah, massive ratings. Massive. Yeah. So I kind of walked away and left. And, and anyway, then in hindsight, I realized it was a good thing to do to kind of go out on my own, as tempting as it was to stay with my little security blanket of the boys. So then when there were rumblings of it coming back, I obviously added fuel to that fire. And I told all the journalists that it was coming back two years before it was because I wanted to see the boys get back on the telly. And deservedly so. I think it was brilliant. So then they sent me a message going, look, are, are you kind of staff with then, it was then TV3. I get very, TV3 keep changing their names. Like TV3, Virgin <laughs> Media, Virgin Media. Well, I don't know who I work for anymore. But anyway, they said, look, are you staff? And I said, no, technically I'm not. But don't ask me what you're going to ask me. Because I couldn't, yeah. I couldn't go back. So they said, okay, you know, just so you know, we're thinking of you. So then when I heard then that Deeran was the new presenter, half of me was thrilled for her. She seems like a nice girl. The other half of me felt a bit sick, actually. Yeah. I kind of felt like we all feel about our exes. Like we don't want them anymore, but we certainly do not want them to move on. <laughs> do we? Never. Do we not? No, of course we don't. We want them to mourn us forever and they move on, get married and then the, the new person's hot. It's just like, ow, it's like extra vinegar on the the open, very open wound. So I said, you know, like, I don't, I, don't, I don't want to go back on the show, but I don't want her on the show. I don't want anybody on the show. Do you know what I mean? So it's very, very weird. And then I obviously watched it to support the boys. But would I go back though? No. Yeah. yeah no, yeah. I wouldn't. I think TV has changed so much, you know, oh, in God, the past yeah. 13 years. Yeah. Of course it it's has. a massive shift. I mean, and look how at it we ha- and how we, how we, like look. I mean, if somebody said to me thirteen years ago when I was on as a guest, you're going to be doing a podcast one day, I'd be like, first of all, I wouldn't know what the word meant. Yes, I still don't really know what we're doing I, here. I'm. I don't really I'm get just, the whole podcast thing. I I hope this is being recorded. <laughs> but I don't know. <laughs> I, I just genuinely we don't you know. really, we don't really know what we're doing. We, we've just got a handle on Twitter. So we're, we? we're also used to like eight to ten minute interviews. Yes, this is a rarity. And the fact that you don't do podcasts, yeah, and this is the first one you've done. I, I you know, this will be the last I'm, after I'm, all the things. Get I've ready said. for another thank you. I'm no, sorry. No. I'm sorry. I have to. You're do. gonna thank me even though I said penis on your first podcast. Oh, so did I. It's okay. It's okay. We I'm all probably, have them. I'm probably we don't more have them. comfortable with you saying penis than Winky. Yes. Okay. Just saying. Okay. Do you know what I mean? It's good to know moving forward in our friendship. <laughs> yeah. Listen, everyone needs rules, even in friendships. So, so that's can, good to know. If it's not too personal, is Winky reserved to how you speak to the kids? As in, no, I Win- say Winky to everybody. So I say so to you, is your Winky okay? So would you? Yeah, but. And would you refer to your husband? Oh, he's a Willy. It's a Willy. Wow. Yeah, yeah. It's a Willy. It's a Willy. Wow. It's a Willy that's, Winky. that's hot. What are you going to use? You can take them. <laughs> it is hot. You can take them. You can take. You can take Willy and Winky. They are take Willy and Winky. Thank you. It's yours. Okay. You but, mentioned a big show there. Sorry yeah. to cut across you, but obviously you are the face of Ireland's Got Talent. I'm not and dancing again, though. You know, I I hate I hate doing that dance bit. Do you? Yeah, I really do. I'm not comfortable, as you can see. And no, it looks like you're having fun, though. I look like somebody's creepy uncle at a wedding. No. I do. I do. The uncle that everyone dodges and then they come out to Macaran at the end of the well, night. Well, I thought I thought you're, you were secretly taking dance classes for this, this series because well, it was like, OK, she's up on our game, people. Sheila, this is the worst bit about all of this is that I did take dance <laughs> classes. It was obvious. And I still... It was, it was obvious. It was. It wasn't obvious. I missed my cue. I bunked some poor dancer on the head with my microphone. I didn't know what was going on. But it's so scary when you're standing backstage and you hear your man George Dixon. Please welcome. You know, the big brother voice. Yeah, yeah. Lucy Kennedy. And you think, oh shit, that's me. And then all I'm thinking of is like, one, two, three, four. I'm worrying about the music. Forgetting that it's live. And, you know, I'm blind, so I can't see the auto cue. And I've got to talk. All I'm thinking about is my dance moves. Yeah, there's a lot So I've said on. for series three, I'm not dancing. I will come in in a hoop. I will come in in a hoop, then dance out. I'm not dancing again. That's it. I'm going to put it in my contract. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just way too stressful for everybody. And poor Jack. The last thing I said was when I left, I said, okay, you know, you proud of mummy? He's like, yes, mummy, I'm really proud of you. And he went, oh, mummy, just don't dance. And I went, I won't. I won't. So I said, Rich, make sure you switch on at 7.35. Because <laughs> at half I am dancing. But Jack was genuinely, he's getting to that stage now where I am getting embarrassing. Oh, yeah. yeah. That'll be an interesting few years. Yeah. So, mm. yeah, yeah. 
But what, yeah. I, what I'm interested in is something you said before as well about, you know, how you just have to get on with it. Like the show yeah. must go on, particularly show in a live situation. On. So yeah. like you said, you could be, you know, you could have really bad cramps. You could yeah. have other big stuff happening in your life. Yes. But you've got to get on with it. Do you have a little ritual or a process behind the scenes before you take to the stage, before the curtain goes back and you're, you know, there it is, you're live on TV to whoever is watching? Yes. Yeah, so what happens basically, my ritual is I try not to vomit. <laughs> I do about 16 wheeze and I go through about two litres of water because I just lose all the spit. You know, you lose all the spit. It's like, <gasps> I've got no spit. I start to panic <laughs> and I start just drinking gallons and gallons of water and then I pace like something you'd see in Dublin Zoo. So everybody knows. Do you knows cut off the water drinking at no, a certain point? The floor point. manager cuts it off. If not, I would walk out live with my water still sleeping. <laughs> I'm like a camel. I don't even know where it goes. I actually don't even know where the water goes because I don't sweat. Oh, obviously I wee. That's where it goes. But um, I pace and I don't want anybody talking to me or any gags or anything. I, I am the most serious I could possibly be for literally 30 seconds. And then the, the door goes up and then it's like, boom, I'm back. And then I think, I don't care. The train has left the station. I'm just going to jump on and enjoy it. And, it's, and it's, I don't care. That's amazing because the second I see you, all I see is a very chilled, cool, calm, comfortable person owning the space. Oh, no. Behind the scenes, it is carnage. Are you breathing? Are you doing anything like you? No, not really. And like I think back to like being in labour where it's all like, you know, that kind of heavy sea breathing. But no, I don't. I pace. Yeah, okay. I pace. I actually think and 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 Janine, who's your pal as well, and Darren, like the floor managers, I can see them trying not to laugh because obviously they know me in real life. Sure. And they know how I am, and they know this is just something that I have to go through. Yeah, it's a process. But they're they're trying not to laugh at me because I'm almost going like, can we phone anybody else to do it? <laughs> like you know that kind of panicky feeling. You think I just don't want. I just really don't want to do this now. I'm not ready. And then I go out there, and then you can't get me off the stage. I I, I constantly hear in my ear, Lucy, we can. We can see you behind the curtain. <laughs> Lucy, Lucy, can you please, can we, can somebody get the presenter off the stage <laughs> during the performance? So then you can't get rid of me. It's just that initial, <sighs> but I'm like that with most things. It's like, I just need to get there. It's like emceeing a gig, you know, as, as comfortable as I am talking. I mean, look at me now, I haven't drawn breath. My first sentence is always a bit, <sighs> and then I'm okay. Yeah. Just getting nervous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And do you, do you get that high? Um, do you feel like buzzed afterwards or do you feel calm? Say when the gig is over and you've said goodnight, goodbye, big applause from the audience. It's usually relief or sheer terror that I'm about to be fired. <laughs> but um, yeah, I feel calm. I feel calm as soon as I'm there. Yeah, I love it. Great. Do you know what I found very difficult recently? It was like for, um, what's it, like Women's International Women's Day or something. I was asked to do a talk mm. in, where is it? Was it Offaly or somewhere? Anyway, I said, no way. Like, even if you gave me a car, no, I can't. Because they said, will you talk about yourself? And I've never stood up and talked about myself. Have you done this? Of course you probably have. I have, but it's been recent nothing. Yeah. <gasps> never again, never again. So I stood up and it was literally, I timed myself like in the bath, standing in front of, you know, the mirror. I did all of that, just talking about myself. I was like, yeah, so. Uh, and basically my whole conversation was, now I believed in what I was talking about and I do believe this. I just felt very uncomfortable Going, hi, I'm Lucy Kennedy. <clears throat> but you've no Cute idea. Cute tumbleweed, no spit. But the audience probably, you have like... Oh, they were idea. like, that was great. Exactly. You're so confident. And I was going, oh, lads, don't even, just just get me a vodka. I need something. And just, <laughs> just inject it right there. But uh, it was just so weird. But my whole talk was, they said, look, you can, t you can talk about anything. So I, I was talking about this whole brand. Everyone's obsessed with brands and, you know, and, and like say the, the Beckham brand or whatever. And, and my whole thing about a brand is you've got to be your brand. So everything I do, everything I say, every decision I make is is all to do with my brand as in I'm totally authentic. Yes. And and, and natural. And I, I always so I, I'm always drawn to authentic, natural things that I do. Mm. And and I was trying to explain that to people, you know, that and for anybody who's going into business that that if you want to create a brand the best way to create it is is to be the brand. Yeah. That was my whole thing anyway. But af after I got down, people were standing clapping and I, was, I, I almost laughed. I thought this is clearly like a charity clap. <laughs> they were going, oh, thank God she's off. <laughs> Jesus, she... It's amazing what you think and what people actually feel and see about you. Completely different. Or do you think people even listen? Ah, they do, yeah. But they pick up on your vibe is apparently the biggest thing of all. It's really? like your body language. Apparently what you say is, is a 
pretty small percentage. Okay, so if you're yeah. crying on stage, shaking, that, that they would, go, they were Ooh. like, Ooh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank God I didn't do that. No. But once I got the first sentence out, I was fine. But yeah, I found that very weird talking about myself. And and I said when I said that to Rich, who's been with me for twenty years, he laughed so hard he had to take a puff of my inhaler. <laughs> he said, "All you do is talk about yourself all day, every day for twenty years. You talk about yourself the whole time. You're self obsessed. You're vain." You blah blah blah, and he went. This is your perfect subject. I cannot believe you only want to do this for four minutes. I can't believe you haven't asked for forty minutes. Like I delayed our own service at our own wedding because of my speech, but it was just yeah. I just found that very weird. Finally, I yes. just to wrap up. But there's so many yes, different I'll questions I'd like to ask. But what? How would you like to be most remembered? I'd like to most be remembered as the girl next door who was on the telly. Oh uh, no, is that a bit no? As, it, as into the general public? That's the general public, but you as a person. Um, I would like to be remembered just for, just for being for being me and just for being like a kind, loving person. I want people to think, yeah, I miss her. She was really kind. Yeah, you really are. And I mean that from know. my heart. You're gorgeous. Know. You're a gorgeous person. Thank you so much for uh, the chats Thank and you your so time. When are we doing the second hour? Coming back next week. Hey, I will have you back here anytime. Oh, Sheila, you're going to regret this. (laughs) (laughs) You know this could happen. You know this could happen. (laughs) So that's it. The first episode of Ready to Be Real Conversations. If there's anyone you'd like me to have a chat with, please do get in touch on Twitter or Instagram. You'll find me at Sheila Shoiga. And if you liked what you heard, please do share it with your pals and take a moment to rate, review and hit subscribe. I'd really appreciate it. 